Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. If you're willing to feel everything, you can have anything. Today on episode 571 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the Chief Inspiration Officer of Inspired Purpose Coaching, Tony Martinetti. I'm going to ask Tony what triggered him to make a major career transition that led to an inspiring business and much more. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Tony along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Tony Martinetti. Tony is a leading development expert, entrepreneur, idea generator, and people connector. He brings together practical experience, formal training, and extreme curiosity to elevate leaders and equip them with the tools to navigate through change and unlock their true potential. Before becoming a coach, he was a finance and strategy professional with experience working with some of the world's leading life science companies. Along his journey, he also managed small businesses and ran a financial consulting company. Tony is the host of the Virtual Campfire podcast and is currently writing his first book, Climbing the Right Mountain. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's great to have you on today. Tony, you spent many years moving up the corporate ladder. Primarily, you were in the finance discipline, and then you started your own consulting and coaching business. What caused you to follow this particular path? Yeah, I would say that uh, this path was calling me for many years, but I refused to listen. (laughs) And now I'm listening loud and clear. There was a moment that came to me that woke me up, woke me up to my calling. And it was just seeing that I couldn't collect a paycheck any longer and not do the work that I was meant to be doing. Uh, I was sitting in a boardroom and working in a biotech company, which I'd been in the field of biotech for many years, very passionate about the field. In fact, we're just coming off of um, uh, celebrating Rare Disease Day, which is a day that celebrates, again, rare diseases of many sorts. And the reality is that being in that space, you're, you're saving lives, you're changing people's lives. And I was sitting in this boardroom and I was feeling like, wow, the leaders who are who are running this company, they don't care about inspiring or moving people forward. They cared about their reputation. They were arguing about who's right and who's wrong. And I had this feeling of like looking around the room, everyone was checked out. They didn't feel like engaged. And I said to myself, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't collect a paycheck. I can't continue to be doing the things I've been doing in the past, I need to do something different. And so I decided to walk out of the room. And my calling was to, to, to walk out and to leave the room, to change the room. Didn't know how that was going to be, but it was that moment that scared the hell out of me, but also made me come alive for the first time. So did you literally walk out of the room in the middle of a meeting? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't so bold that it was like, I, uh, you know, disrupted the flow of the meeting, but I did. I just left and didn't come back. And what did the other people who were in the room say to you afterwards? 
they asked me questions. They said, you know, what happened? I said, I, I just had a, a moment where I, you know, I felt like I just needed to to leave. I needed to have um, a moment for myself to to get some clarity from myself. And, you know, the more and more I had conversations after that with people in the company, but also outside of the company, I started to see something that was really shocking, but not so shocking, that there are many companies that were like this, that there were many experiences like this in the world of, um, you know, the corporate world. And when I had woken up to this, now it's my chance to really see that there was something to be done and something to be said. And how many years had you been a full-time working professional at that point? Um, almost 25 years, I guess, at that point. So that's a long time yeah. to be working and then to reflect back and say, what have I been doing for all this time? Yeah. And it wasn't all doom and gloom. I mean, there's an element of like so many things that were, there were high points along the way. And there were points when I you know, felt like I could celebrate, but also there were points that showed up and said, like, man, this is not right for me. I felt like I was also, I was always kind of the square peg in the round hole. And part of this really kind of delves back to my early, my early childhood, if you will, to say that I was a creative child. I was the artist child who was celebrated for being, you know, really talented. And then ultimately was told, hey, you know, maybe you should find something that's going to really pay the bills that you can make a living on. And so I proceeded to find out what that could be. And the first calling was pre-med. I was going to be a radiologist. And then ultimately that switched into business. And when I got into the biotech space, it was kind of beautiful because I was able to take this interest in science and the interest in business and marry them up to do something that really, you know, allowed me to do those things. But I still felt a little bit like, well, oh, something's missing in me. <laughs> so, yeah, what happened to the creative side? I stuffed that down and ignored it. <laughs> Until now, um, it's funny. I've started to reignite the, um, the world of my creative and, um, and see that there's something there. One of the things that I'll just mention briefly is that I start to play with the fact that there's there's a convergence and there's a beautiful magic to be made when you bring the world of art, business, and science together, and you play with that alchemy of um, of those three the three worlds coming together. Mm. And how have you seen it come together in your life, and and what's been the outcome? Well, first of all, seeing that there's creativity to be had in in all aspects of life in all areas of discipline and what i've been able to do right now is when i work with my clients i'm getting to see that there's other ways of approaching their world that they can find there's an artistry to what they do and when you step away and see that okay maybe i'm not lit up by what i'm doing currently but if i take a different approach maybe i play a little bit Maybe I, I create a little bit more of a, a way to approach this. It's a different lens to see the world. That is how I'm playing with the, the convergence of those different areas right now. But also just getting people together to have conversations that really allow the two worlds to con- convene. Mm-hmm. Three worlds. So going back to this moment when you left the boardroom yeah. and, and you decided that it was time for a different path, what did you do? 
Yeah. So the first thing I did is probably panicked. <laughs> the second thing I did is I I had up until that point, I let me give you a little background on this. I never really had a lot of experience with coaches. And I think that was one thing that I also realized was something I wanted for people is that there's not a lot, not enough of an experience where people get to work with a coach. I had just started to work with a coach maybe a few months before I had that moment. And I started to have a connection with that idea of, wow, there's something in this space of coaching that means something to me. It's, it's a, it makes a connection. And so one of the thoughts I had as I left that room is that maybe there's a, this is a part of the vehicle that I would use to create the change that I want to see. And the first thing I did is I said, I'd go out and become a business coach, which sounds so like I'm in the business world, I'll become a business coach. And that's like helping to drive change in the business world by improving ROI and, you know, leveraging the things that I knew pretty well, having come from the world that I was coming in. It was great. But ultimately, what I found as I got into that initially was that it wasn't for me. I needed to to work with the person, with the whole person, and see them become um, lit up fully. And that's where I started to pivot into more of the a different type of coaching, which was I got into a program called IPEC, and I learned energy leadership, which sounds very etherical, I mean, very out there, if you will. But it's all about managing the way people see themselves from, a, from the core. And I started to get to the core of who I was. That's the big journey that I started on at that point, was to find out who am I really? Why me? Why is this my calling? And so I had to spend some time and I'll, you know, just kind of leave it. This is that I had to spend some time really having honest conversations with myself (laughs) to really see what I'm all about so that I can help others discover who they are in the world. We don't often do that. And were you being coached through this yourself or were you doing this on your own? I was doing this on my own. I will say that I eventually started to, to hire coaches because I'm a strong believer in, you know, if I want people to see coaching as a powerful tool, I have to embrace it myself. But the initial journey was me doing it on my own and kind of just slowing down and putting those pauses in place that allowed me to see, whoa, you can't just start a business and just kind of run a hundred, you know, a million miles an hour, which was my status quo in the past. I was a doer. I was, I used to often say I was addicted to doing, and that was my undoing. So I had to slow things down a bit and see what the inner voice was about. Mm. And I think when I started to bring on coaches, hiring many coaches, if you will, along the path, um, that's when I started to get better at seeing who I was because they could reflect back on me what I was, what I was not seeing. And Tony, so in terms of time frame, from when you first had this epiphany that you wanted to make a radical change in what you were doing with your professional time, how long was this process? <laughs> I think it's still ongoing. I'm kidding. Um, it is. I mean, there's never, it's a journey that has no end, but I would say the the most challenging and the most uh, fruitful part was, you know, I'd say a six month period where I really started to to go deep and to experience the deep sense that if I want to have the world that I want 
in the world, if I want to change the way I, I'm experiencing the world, I have to open myself up to it. There's a quote that comes to mind, and this is something that I often say. It comes from um, a guy by the name of Peter Bregman. If you're willing to feel everything, you can have anything. And for me, that that is something that really resonated with my experience. It's about opening myself up to experiencing everything in terms of emotions, feelings, and not holding back. And because of that, it allowed me to experience different things in a way that I'd never experienced before. Mm -hmm. So how long was it until you felt like you were doing something new career-wise that felt comfortable to you, you were satisfied in the direction you were going, and you felt like it was becoming a sustainable way of making a living? Yeah. So I'll answer that in two, two parts. I knew I was on the right path, <laughs> almost like I would say, you know, three to four months into the journey, I knew I was doing something that was right for me. And I would often get feedback from people saying like, yeah, this is you. You finally found something that that really speaks to who you truly are. And this has come from people who know me for years. There were also naysayers. People were like, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, you're not, you're not a coach. You're a finance guy or you're, you're this guy or that. And I'm like, well, those are boxes that I put myself in before, but now I'm changing who I am and I'm, I'm connecting with who I am internally. Now, the confidence piece and being able to make it into a true business, that takes a lot longer. And I think that's one of the things with entrepreneurs is that there's an element of like, you have to, you have to uh, prepare yourself for a longer hike. It's not like, okay, put my shingle out there, you know, get some certifications and you just, and you're done, you know, your people start rolling in. You have to spend some time, you know, through the crucible of becoming the entrepreneur that you want to be. And that might take, for me, it took, you know, about two years or so before I really felt, yeah, things are starting to come together. So it's not like getting another job where you're, you, you go from zero income to a full salary the minute you walk in the door of your new, uh, your new employer. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I would say that. The great thing about the entrepreneurial journey is that if you decide to do it all on your own, if you decide to not listen to others and to leverage advice and mentors from other people, you know, um, some advice from other people, it's going to take a lot longer. It becomes a, a really long hike. But if you decide to, to see what you can learn from others, then that can help. I often say, and this is something I learned from a lot of the guests who come on my show, The Virtual Campfire, is that any endeavor, it requires, you know, a tribe of people, whether it's direct or indirect, that support you along that journey. Uh, and I think that's powerful because when you think about it, you can say, okay, this is, I've got a great idea, but you can't take that idea all the way to where you want to go without the support of people. Yeah, that, that is so true. Um, so fast forward to today, Tony, who's your ideal client? Um, my ideal client now is a person who really has great energy towards some big thing in the world. And they might feel a little stuck. They might feel as though they have this, this feeling of, I know what I want, but I just don't know if I can get there. And I need somebody to help me to see more clearly on the other side of this. Or they're feeling like, 
okay, you know, I'm not sure that, the, that there's that clarity. They don't have that sense of what's on the other side and they need somebody to get them to dream a little bigger. Um, usually there's someone who is an entrepreneur or they're inside a company and they are thinking that there's more in the tank than what they've been able to show. Yeah. What are some of the differences between what employees need versus what entrepreneurs need? Yeah. Well, employees oftentimes are feeling like they're held back by by an upper level or that they're not being seen by the people in, their, um, in the organization. So oftentimes those people, it's giving them confidence and the ability to to embrace their voice and also to see that they have more power than they than they know. Um, with entrepreneurs, the challenge there is is they know they have this big vision, but it's also about making sure that they have the focus to really clearly see what it is that they need to do and how they should do it. I have this this thing I often talk about, which is expanding your vision and narrowing your focus. And for entrepreneurs, this is really powerful. Sometimes when they're stuck, it's about taking a step back, expanding what you're looking at, what are the possibilities that are right now ahead of me. But then the key part of this is narrowing your focus so you're executing on the things that are most important. And sometimes that might mean delegating or outsourcing things. So that creates that, you know, what to say yes to, what to say no to, and what is important for me as the entrepreneur, the leader to do right now. So for entrepreneurs, and especially for somebody who might be a consultant or a coach, what's an example of the kind of transformation that they can achieve when they're when they're struggling to to make the kind of changes that you're describing? Yeah, like, you know, classic example of this is, is when people feeling like, God, I can't seem to get my message out or I'm using social media. I'm trying to get the word out to different people. And I just don't know what I'm doing. I feel as though I'm a law, I'm lost. So, you know, one of the best things you can do instead of constantly trying to put more and more out there and putting your energy into, you know, just trying just to hit more, like be a whack-a-mole, continue to hit more <laughs> channels, engage people who know what they're doing and ask them, how can I put more quality into a message? How can I get clarity around what it is that I'm trying to say? Because there are experts out there who deal with this on a day-to-day basis. It's not about changing who you are. It's about amplifying who you are. And then once you do that, then a few key messages out there that speak to who you, who the people are that you want to work with, that makes a big difference as opposed to trying to reach everyone. It's like the whole adage of, if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. Right. So is there a story that comes to mind, whether it's uh, something that you've gone through yourself or, or maybe you've seen with others? Yeah. I mean, I'll speak to for my story just offhand, because there's an element of like wanting to coach uh, whoever showed up the door because you get excited, you know, you love people, love seeing them transform. But there's also an element of wanting to serve the right people from that come from, you know, my experience from, you know, who I can best serve. So what I started to do is to say, well, how can I get that message out? Well, I started to do two things. Number one was creating videos that lit me up, that spoke to what inspired me. And knowing that if it inspires me and the people who I want to attract are people who might be 
you know, similar to me or wanting to work with me. If there, it's not for the people who are not like me, I'm going to attract the certain people and I'm going to, you know, not necessarily resonate with others. So by creating these videos, creating that personal touch that speaks to who I am and who I want to work with, I'm actually creating a real focused audience of people to work with. That's one track. The other part was writing the book. I wrote a book and it's almost, I should say wrote a book. I'm writing the book. It's almost done. We're doing some pre-orders soon. It's called Climbing the Right Mountain. And it's really about people who are on that path of, you know, trying to decide, am I on the right path? And when I get to the top of this mountain, am I going to be satisfied? Um, So how can I change the path that I'm on? And the book comes from this place of really kind of seeing that a lot of people are not satisfied or unfulfilled with the way they're, they're um, navigating. So this book's going to speak to some people, but not everyone. Um, yeah, that makes total sense to me. Well, Tony, congratulations on everything you've achieved, making a remarkable transition and figuring out what it is you want to do going forward and how you're going to, to achieve that. Looking out at your own big vision, what is it you hope to achieve? Yeah, one of the things that I really would like to see more of in the world, and thank you, first of all, for you know your kudos there. I really appreciate that. What I want to see a, more of is there's a lot of people in the world who are being held back by their own limiting beliefs around what they think they can accomplish. And I like to see those people to embrace who they really are deep down. And I want to see them to really get out there and to share what's what's inside of them. There's so many great things we can do in the world, and it's just, it's waiting to be uh, unleashed. So I'm going to be, in the next few years, I'd like to see a lot more programs uh, rolled out where I can help these people uh, connect with their inspired purpose, which is what I call my company, and get them to unleash that inspired purpose in some way into the world. Well, Tony, this has been a really thought-provoking conversation, and... um... I'm, I'm sure that there are, that it's going to spark some ideas. For listeners, if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, learn more, access any resources you have, or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? So first of all, thank you so much. This has been really enjoyable, David. The best place to find me is on my website, inspiredpurposecoach.com. Or you can find me on the social media channels, um, which uh, the best one is probably LinkedIn. Sounds great. Tony, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your own journey, your experiences, and your thoughts about how to make a successful transition and achieve something that you feel you have a higher purpose behind. My guest today has been the Chief Inspiration Officer of Inspired Purpose Coaching, Tony Martinetti. Thank you again, Tony, for joining us. Thank you again. I appreciate it. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how you can find inspiration in your work and your life, and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.